Counts down. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast, episode 123. Hey, that's fun. It's one, two, three. That's nice. Uh, I'm your host, Carson Tamar. <laughs> Join. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I'll cut it. Uh, joined by Elena Falls, Paul Price. How's everyone doing today? <laughs> Elena Falls, Paul Price. No jokes because you already tried one and it flopped. It really was bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to leave it in. Um, I'm fine. Um, it's the long weekend in um, also Canada. Yeah. Alina, yeah, we have Labor, Labor Day, Day also. We so care about our workers as well. Um, I told you we have matching holidays. We went over this, remember? Yeah, I know, but the whole Thanksgiving and not Thanksgiving thing really throws me every time. Um, That's true. Because they have like Thanksgiving in a different time from us, so then I'll hear like a bunch Ours of Canadians. Is in like, October. Yeah, but it's not far enough away. Yeah. It's still like in the fall season. It is in the fall season, but it's a better time, actually, because like if I was having a holiday in October and then got to see the family again in December. That's a lot better than like the November, December. Boom, boom. Sure. But then you're uh, like, one, two, and punch. isn't it like one of the last couple weeks of November also? Yeah. Yes. That's exhausting. Is. Ours is mid-October. I wish it was like second week of November because I don't want to like step on Halloween's foot either, but. Or just treat it like Halloween, and you could have Halloween and Thanksgiving. Huh. Ooh, me and my family, eat a ton terrifying. Of food and- <laughs> eat a ton of food and then get in your costume. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, I'm trying to treat this holiday like a holiday, um, and it's been going okay. <laughs> uh, I've been stressed. Almost- yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm just feeling so overwhelmed. TIFF starts on Thursday and I am just trying to get all of my stuff done before I have to leave because I'm leaving uh, my day job uh, for 10 days and the festival that I work at starts literally the week after TIFF. So like the timing is not great, but also I applied for TIFF before they extended my contract. So it's a them problem, not a me problem if you think about it. I hope they don't listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's exciting. I mean, I guess if there's things that are like to be stressed out about having to go see like the sun and like all that, like, I don't know, there's worse. Listen, Carson, I didn't get tickets to anything I actually want to see. That standby line, though. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm just going to show up to all of those press screenings for the whale and just pray to God they let like me in. Like they set your schedule on literally every <laughs> single time of the whale you put on it. I just need to make sure that I am aware of all of them. I can't overlap anything because if I don't get to see the whale at TIFF, I will throw hands. He's going to be there, isn't he? Yeah, I think I wonder so. if he's going to be crying there also. That was like really weird on the internet so. this week. Everyone like blew up about him crying. And I was like, oh, he is going to win the Oscar. Uh, I was fine yesterday. And then I woke up this morning and I saw him again crying at the standing ovation. And I started crying. And I was like, <laughs> Wait, oh, no, I'm just like everyone else. I'm obsessed with the <laughs> fact that Brendan Fraser had like three seconds where everyone was like, oh, he's winning the Oscar. And now it's uh, Colin Farrell. I love that for me. Um, <laughs> now everyone's like, it's Colin Farrell's time. And I'm like, whose time is it then? Um it's going to be very interesting when Austin Butler like comes in and wins right. it. And everyone's like, well, okay. Um, or Harry Styles for Don't Worry, Darling. <laughs> oh my God. The press conference for that today was wild. It was so bad. I really, I really like this movie because it feels like a movie. 
is a real thing. I love say. acting because I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> also, yes, did you Harry. see his outfit on the red carpet? It was horrific. Well, yeah, it's better than Timothy Chalamet's this week, so. That's fair. So that was like, it's been real I bad. Just hate it. That was the worst. <laughs> um, Yeah. It was a bad week to be a to call me by your name stand between that and all the drama with House of Hammer. It's been like rough for me this week, but that's okay. <laughs> Is that out yet? Apparently, but also like it got canceled yeah. by people. I don't know. I didn't watch it. I thought yeah, you no, would have. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to know bad I just things check about on... his favorite movie. <laughs> Let me check in on my boy Army. I'm sure it's nothing bad. I still think we should book a trip to Grand Cayman and hope he's our concierge. Um, yes. I think it'd be funny. I would love that. Um, I just want us, I just want to experience it. I feel like it'd be really good for clicks and listens. I agree. I've been to oh, Grand okay. Cayman before. It's lovely. I swam with stingrays in grade two. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we have a lot to get through today, movie-wise, as always, I feel like. So why don't we start things off with our series, Paul. It really kind of is the first week, kind of second week, of our Road to Halloween series. We're starting the off. Road to hell. <laughs> road to hell. <laughs> road to Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, it is. And the first one is, um, we're doing Folklore. And this was kind of one that um, I don't know a lot about, but it's always referenced as being like, oh, these certain movies uh, really influenced other things. Um, You know, Midsommar and uh, The Witch and all these kind of movies that like are basically creepy stuff happens in a old town. Um, And so... I thought it'd be really fun to uh, put in two movies that I had not seen yet, um, which was a change of pace for us. Um, And then Carson asked if we could add Sleepy Hollow. So the three movies for this week are The Blood on Satan's Claw, The Wicker Man, and uh, Sleepy Hollow. Um, And surprisingly, the one that I was expecting to like the most um which is sleepy hollow i did not like at all um which was very upsetting for me um but let's uh let's start with the ones that you guys didn't like uh the blood on satan's claw so the blood on satan's claw is from 1971 it was originally called satan's skin before they changed the title after release um it's by pierce haggard um i don't know if you guys have read like um king solomon's mind but this is um, I want to say his grandson. Very weird. Um, because King Solomon's mine and she are like two of my favorite like adventure novels. They kind of set up the whole Indiana Jones kind of theming. Um, great, great books if you haven't read them. But um, so that kind of like is interesting going into this. It's like so basically there is a claw with an eye that they find. And it's like all of the kids in this small um, Celtic, I don't actually know exactly where it's supposed to be set, town start um, worshipping Satan a little bit. And a bad stuff happens. <laughs> a little, little bit of worshipping <laughs> Satan. A tiny little <laughs> drizzle of uh, Satan worship. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I know you guys weren't huge fans of this one. I'm not sure what Carson or actually you, Alina, either what you guys didn't like. Um, I didn't like I didn't love this movie as a like film in and of itself. Um, I talk a lot and I'll mention this again when we do animal attacks. I think there are certain movies I call like eat your veggies movies where you watch them. And I'm like, did I have a great time watching this? Mm, it was it was fine. There are certain moments in this that I think are fantastic. But overall, it was just kind of like mid. But watching it and realizing how much it does for film, I think is really interesting. You can watch this and be like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, they watched this to do Midsommar. They watched this to do um, The Wicker Man. There's so many like very obvious like one to one parallels um, that are really cool. And also it has, I think, one of like the creepiest um, surgery scenes I've ever seen in my entire life. I was watching through my fingers, even though it looked terrible. Just the concept of it was really freaking me out. Um, but I'm curious what you guys thought. I agree with you that I really liked how much you can tell that this has influenced like future folklore horror films. I just thought it was boring for the most part. I really struggled with the pacing. Like it starts off strong with them like unearthing that creepy skull or whatever in the farmer's field. And then they kind of just bop around for a bit and weird shit starts happening like I didn't understand why they all started worshipping like I understand why they all started worshipping Satan I didn't understand why they started growing fur but only in one weird patch I thought that was weird and the thing that lost me for it was I really hated that rape scene that started happening and I was like no I'm done I hate this movie the craziest (laughs) okay so like I knew you were gonna reference that so I didn't mention that when you mm-hmm. research about this movie, they were like, we didn't have a plan for a rape scene. <laughs> and that's they why we like, have intimacy coordinators now. <laughs> they were like, the actors, including the actress involved, were like, no, let's like make it like a rape. <laughs> and he was, like, he, just, he just went with it. <laughs> like, can you just imagine? They were like, oh, it's just a sacrifice, a normal everyday sacrifice. And they were like, no, no. We're going to make it one of the most graphic rape scenes I've ever seen. (laughs) Um, I was struggling with that one. Yeah, Same (laughs) with um, the actress who plays Angel Blake, uh, Linda Hayden, was 17. And they were like, you don't have to do all of this if you don't want. And apparently, and she still to this day that says that this one, she was like, no, I want to get fully naked. I want to be as sexual as possible. It's like, this is so weird. It almost feels like everyone involved started worshiping Satan. (laughs) It's like the behind the scenes of this movie are just wild because they called it Satan's skin. It's like all the stuff that's like, you know, I've never really heard of it except for people referencing it in relation to Wicker Man. It's like Wicker Man and also the blood on Satan's claw. You know, tons of um, filmmakers will mention it as like one of their favorite movies. Um, Super weird though. Um, And Oh, by the way, um, mild spoilers. I fucking love the uh, design of (laughs) the demon at the end. I was like, this is horrifying. Um, (laughs) I think that uh, that was fun. I was really expecting some bad design, like just, you know, typical like a devil. And it's more like a hideous bat creature (laughs) uh, 
but Carson, uh, you also thought it was boring? Yeah, I pretty much echo the exact thoughts of what you guys have said. Like, I get why in an academic setting this is really, like, worthwhile. I don't know if either of you have seen the Shudder documentary that's on folklore horror. It's three hour, It's three and a half mm-hmm. hours long. I watched it during Fantasia that one year. Yeah, it's oh very long. God. But, like, this is, like, the poster child of that film. So much of that film is spent, like, examining this film and its influence. So, like, sure. I respect it for all of that, but like as a watching experience, not just is it like boring, but it's also just like really uncomfy once you know like her age and what like the rape scene. It just like it just I mean, not to completely echo your points, but like it didn't interest me and then it just made me feel gross. And then I was like, eh. Also, like it's just not that good. Like the filmmaking's fine. It's very like early 70s, low budget, not my vibe, not my thing. Um not a yeah. cult I want to join, you know? Um, I will say, though, um, the look of uh, Linda Hayden, especially during some of her scenes where she's, like, leading the cult, I was like, I'm shocked that she never became a big deal. This is her biggest film. And when you watch it, and she was picked contractually for uh, this. She was, like, forced to be in this movie. Um, they weren't allowed to pick who would star as uh, Angel Blake. Um, she has such a like intense like vibe to her. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but like um, during the 90s, there was this uh, photo. Um, it's this photo from uh, Nat Geo back in the day. And um, it was just called the Afghan girl. Um, it's like this photo where you just look and it's just it's so piercing um, the look and how the reactions are, I kind of got that vibe from certain of her expressions. Um, And it's just really interesting that she didn't get a career. I know this movie tanked. Um, That's like part of the whole thing is why they changed the title and everything. But um, it is interesting that she never got a career out of this because she's 17 in this. And, you know, it's always interesting to watch these movies retroactively and be like, how did this person not become a star? Um, That was my one takeaway. I also think it's interesting. uh, The lead actor died like a couple weeks after this finished filming. Um, So that's pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, um, it is a good segue, though, into the next film that kind of is always connected with it. There's one other film called The Witchfinder General that's connected that was uh, before both of these. But the other one is the far more famous. The Wicker Man. Alina. Since you were the one who was loving the music in this, I will let you introduce this one. The music in The Wicker Man freaking slaps. It's like the best part of this movie. I was like, every time that like Corn Rigs and Barley Rigs song came on, because they do it a couple times in the movie, I was like, yes, I freaking love this shit. Um, Really loved The Wicker Man. I'm glad I watched it after The Blood on Satan's Claws, because like, I feel like The Wicker Man was just elevated after watching the shite that that was. Um, it's about the English police officer who goes off to some remote island in the British Isles. I don't know. Um, because he gets like this anonymous letter saying like one of the girls on this island is missing. He's like, oh my God, I gotta be a cop and find her. Um, and then he's like trying to unravel this mystery of what happened to this girl and all the townspeople on this island are fucking like weird and like really evasive of his like questions. And, yeah, I don't want to spoil it more than that, but maybe I should. There's more to no. it, but let's As let's if anyone doesn't it. know the story of the Wicker Man. 
I didn't know the story of the Wicker Man. I didn't know what was going to happen at all. I had no idea what was about to happen. I know a lot of people don't actually know. And that's like, um, with a lot of these horrors, um, I will try to avoid talking about spoilers or we will be like very clear. Um, But uh, yeah, so I was kind of bored by this one. Very surprised that uh, you were flipped. Um, Out of the two, I was like, and I guess it's okay. So um, this didn't mean to go back to Blood on Satan's Claw, but I originally knew about Blood and Satan's Claw because uh, it was an audio series that they did, an audio adaptation that was like two and a half hours, and it had a different ending. So I was watching going like, hmm, I don't see how this is going to get to that same point, and it did not, Um, which was very interesting to watch like, you know, something that you thought was a one-to-one and it wasn't. But um, with this, because the ending is so iconic, thankfully, Alina, you didn't know what it was. Um, there is a lot of like, let's get, let's get to that point. Um, I, I would almost compare it as much to, um, the original Planet of the Apes where the ending is more famous than the rest of the movie, um, which I think is really, uh, fascinating, but I also think it's funny this whole time, my entire understanding of this movie, I always thought Christopher Lee was the cop. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the cop showed up and I was like, that is not Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee shows up way later. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, but this movie is also famous for the uh, 2006 version, which I'm debating putting in our camp you list, um, switching out something, putting it in because I went and watched clips from it. And I was like, wow, this is the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, but <laughs> Going back to this one, um, Carson, what do you think? Thought this one was boring. Yeah, which one's more boring? This one was so boring, and but I get why Alina would like it because the entire reason I didn't like this is because I know the story, so I know what's going to happen, and I think it's unfair to say that the same as original Planet of the Apes because the entire concept of Planet of the Apes isn't this like mystery of what's happening because this entire film is just building on like the paranoia of like. What's going to happen? What happened to this child? Is there something dark? All Are these people evil? Blah, 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 blah. But if you know the answer, which I did because I watched the Nicolas Cage version, like you're just left there being like, well, I know what's going to happen. And it's just like boring. It's like so boring. It's well Wait, made. Sure. But I I'm obsessed with your intro to this is uh, Nicolas Cage. I know it from like, you know, um, there's this really fun thing. Um, if any of you study film, just be ready for this shit where you'll be reading a film book and they'll be like very academic and they'll be talking and then they'll all of a sudden be like, and the end of this movie is, and you're like, why, why, why'd you do that to me? <laughs> and like, you don't, you aren't prepared for it. And it's like spoilers on Twitter, you know, uh, any of the Marvel shows and everyone's like, why'd you spoil it for me? It's like that, but in a literary textbook, you're like, what the fuck? Um, so that happened to me on most horror movies. I feel like most horror movies with big twists, I know from just reading, I most of the um, Hitchcock movies got spoiled for me. It's horrible to go to film school. Terrible idea. Yeah, see, Multiple I didn't reasons. go to film school. And also, I don't watch very many horror movies at all. Like, it's shocking that I am in the double digits on the letterbox Top 250. That should not be a thing. Um, so like, I just, I had such a good time because I had no idea what was going to happen. And then like, as all the reveals kept coming, I was like, oh my fucking God, this movie slaps. So I feel yeah. bad for you guys. That's good. Oh, to know, no, though. I mean, I really enjoy, I enjoyed this. I just think like, uh, yeah. And I think it is interesting to know. I also think like, 
the outside of this movie is very interesting. Um, knowing that there is a sequel. There was supposed to be a third sequel, but the director died. There was a written sequel that never really got off the ground because it's far more supernatural. There's the Nicolas Cage movie. There's the Nicolas Cage movie with the alternative ending. There's like so much about this that has like all these different like components, which is very weird for something that's like as very calm as the Wicker Man. Um, <laughs> I was about to say something, but um, this is where uh, we are going into spoilers because we will be discussing because I think this is very fascinating. So do, 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 do. did you know that Burning Man is based on the Wicker Man? Yes. Isn't no, that but wild? that makes so much sense because like yeah. the Wicker Man <laughs> is it's using Burning Man. <laughs> yeah, it literally is just oh. Burning Man. Uh, it's also yeah it's also so funny to watch this and be like oh midsummer just remade this like there's so yeah. many aspects of it that you're just like hmm, this is the exact same like they just have a couple more creepy th- instead of it being like more um periphery creepy it's just directly creepy things in um midsummer it also just made it like emotionally um, interesting but- like midsummer just does this but like way better I don't really like Midsummer. Yeah, I like this a huge... lot better. Um, I, yeah, um, but it is it is interesting because like even you can go through and like in the Nicolas Cage version with the bear, there's a bear in uh, Midsummer. <laughs> um, like it's it's really weird how much is just connected. But um, yeah, I think folklore is really interesting because <laughs> as I go more and more into that genre, I'm never like. Oh, that's the movie that like now it makes sense that I've watched all the rest of these. Like it's always a genre that I'm like, that was that was good. That was okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think with this one, I was very surprised at how close to a straight musical the Wicker Man is. Like there is song <laughs> after song after song, and they're singing at camera at points. Like it's wild. Um, and then also and corn rigs and barley songs. rigs. Such a good song. <laughs> <laughs> um also there's this one episode of supernatural in the first season called scarecrow which is very much a wicker man ripoff but instead of uh celtic god i think it was like a norse god but it's like the whole thing like their whole town like the harvests fail and then they all become pagans oh exactly i think i remember that good one. episode good episode I... I like that episode with the, it's so <laughs> scary the scarecrow is so fucking scary <laughs> Oh, so good. Uh, and then the last one, Carson, I will pass to you, um, was you watched it for um, Hooptober, which I am also watching movies for Hooptober. So, you know, I can't really uh, speak to this, but like very strict. We're not supposed to start for another like 10 days. I don't care. <laughs> like says in the rules, do not start till September 15th. And it's like, I Why? both you and I look, it's so that like part of the. Uh, the Hooptober aspect is that you're like binging a bunch of horror movies during Halloween. I don't. I know. am busy. I, I have a life. I can't just watch Listen, 31 movies it, in a I month. S- like, sorry, I started it early. Exactly. I did it I last year. Last I was so week. proud. Starbucks decides when fall starts. Yes, the PSL is here. Fall is here. You can start Hooptober. <laughs> I love that ruling. I think that's how I it should that. be. Also, this year apparently just <laughs> I've never done it before. Just way stricter on the requirements in general. 
it's not very like it's very like you can oh yeah no 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 like a lot of a lot of people who really like hooptober are a little disappointed including me on this list this year <laughs> um, because usually yeah no i i've told everyone i'm like uh, the guy who makes it is not listening but like usually it's very like six ghost movies and you're like cool there's six ghost movies i've been really wanting to watch and this time it's like pick out of these directors and they're all people you've never heard of or probably already seen their movies just a very weird list for me uh this year but um you know what uh hooptober is still the most fun i have and like going through this list and knowing that like i i picked out movies within the confines that i'm still happy with I was just a little more bored when I'd look and it was like, oh, I can't watch seven of these movies. They aren't available. So I'm just going to watch this one, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a little disappointing this year. But one of those was Sleepy Hollow. There's one good thing about Hooptober this year. It brought me Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton is not a director I love. I think, Hallow? He, you know, sometimes <laughs> you go to speech therapy for six years and then people bully you. <laughs> Every day for it. I knew he was going to bring up speech therapy. I knew it. I did too. I was like. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Goes to speech therapy for six years. Decides to have a podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's better than what, like the 12 year old who ran it before me. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton. I don't like. But like apparently in his early career, he made like two or three good films, something I didn't know he was capable of until I watched Big Fish. And I watched this um, baller story about this New York detective. He, oh, God, I'm really going to be struggle, uh, struggling with this name. Ichabob. Sure. Can- Ichabod. Ichabod. Ichabod sure, Crane. Crane. Sure. I love the Ichabod whatever ride at Disneyland, by the way. <laughs> Underrated Disneyland like, ride. One of the most iconic like characters in American fiction and you're like Ichabod <laughs> just call him Look, Crane I don't I'm bad with names I don't care about names I don't memorize names I just know if you go to Disneyland and you see that ride go on it anyway he goes to Sleepy There's Hollow There's an Ichabod Crane ride there is an, What are you talking about Isn't there like Ichabod and Toad uh-uh. Yes there is <laughs> No fucking guarantee Toad's wild it's ride called Ichabod and Toad <laughs> One, I guarantee you. Literally, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Isn't the movie? I know what you're talking. What <laughs> the movies are put together, but the ride is just Wind in the Willows. Well, that's from that fucking film. I didn't see that film either. I don't know. Sure, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Go on it. That's moral here. Anyway, the point is, the point is, the so Johnny Depp goes to investigate these murders because people are getting decapitated. The, the Johnny Depp. We don't need to get into his personal life. Um, <laughs> uh, what was he? Um, like confirmed abuser was in court made in like said he was an abuser let's be clear everyone um we don't support him but he's i'm excited well, for you to cut that part later no i'm leaving it in i don't give a fuck um anyway he and also i'm he, not losing followers over he was bad and fantastic. they don't need to know what team we're he on in, he was bad and fantastic beast he's bad in every like he's bad in this movie let's just be clear we do i do not like johnny depp but he goes to investigate these murders because everyone, including like full on babies, are getting decapitated. And it turns out it's because of the headless horseman. So there's this guy riding a horse who doesn't have a head who's going around decapitating people. And Johnny Depp has to find out, like, why is he here? How do we stop him? 
and it's fucking baller. I think the visuals of this film are really good overall. I think there's sometimes where like the pure white style like is a little weird when you're just like inside and it's casual, but like outside, I love Sleepy Hollow as a location. And this is one of those things where like if you have a plot like this, which is about finding out like the dynamics of how something like the Headless Horseman works, I'm like immediately in. I'm immediately invested as he finds like this tree and there's like bodies in the tree and there's stuff buried there. Really works that for seems me. That so scary. Right? And it just like really works. Also <laughs> like the filmmaking, there's so many small things here. Like when the horseman is up on like running on the roof, but you hear the footsteps, but he turns around and no one's there. Like that's baller. It's also like weirdly funny. Like a lot of the deaths, like especially when it's just like a baby. I don't know. It was kind of comedic. There's some moments of comedy that don't work. I think that's probably the weakest part in my opinion is when like Johnny Depp is there looking like a fool getting like blood squirted on him that was poor but like I liked it overall I'm sad that you didn't like it Paul I don't know what Elena thought wait wait the thing that sends me about this movie is there's so many famous people in it that pop up and when they do like the headless horseman backstory and it's fucking Christopher Walken I lost my shit it's so good uh I didn't mind it I had fun with it but I feel like the Sleepy Hollow story has been done like countless times before that this one didn't feel like anything super special, but it was fun. So you have to know with um, Sleepy Hollow, I, and actually it'll be related to something we'll talk about next week, um, Brotherhood of the Wolf, where my dad would try to show me movies and I was too young. And also he wouldn't like slowly raise the temperature um, on like how intense these movies were. So like my dad's like put on Sleepy Hollow and then one time put on Brotherhood of the Wolf. And it was like as a child, I was like, absolutely not under no circumstance am I watching this movie. So that was one of those um, where I like always was scared to like rewatch it. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, this is not scary at all. Um, and I think what's really interesting about this film, um, I loved the way they twisted the Sleepy Hollow mystery. I thought that was very interesting. What I didn't like was everything else. (laughs) Um, Exactly what you're talking about, Carson. A lot of the comedy, I was like, what? I mean, the the baby is very funny, um, to be fair. I (laughs) I cackled, um, but I don't think it's supposed to be funny. Um, But like, (laughs) I just like the idea that he cut off the little baby head and then had to reach inside to pull out the baby head and carry it off with him. Um, Yeah. Whenever there's creepy stuff, super scary. But like, um, there's a couple sequences where everyone looks like fucking large Marge from um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. (laughs) It's like, I was like, okay, do we need to do this kind of, you know, kooky Tim Burton style? Um, Also, it is very interesting um, how the Sweeney Toddishness, um, which when you later watch Sweeney Todd, um, it, how much of it comes from like this movie? Like it feels so similar, and I like Sweeney Todd a little bit better because there's music to it. Um, but also, uh, when you mentioned a bunch of like random famous actors, there's so many people from Harry Potter in this movie. There's yes. so many people. Uh, <laughs> there's Dumbledore. There's Uncle Vernon. There's Rita well, Skeeter. There's yeah. <laughs> Very weird. It's Yeah, it's really funny. But yeah, it's a. I think it's one of those movies that 
was R now is PG 13. So if you go in like that, you know, like knowing it's more of a kid, I just was expecting it to be the scariest movie I've seen in a while. And it was tame. Um, also weird that both, I didn't really uh, like Johnny Depp. Yeah, no, Johnny Depp that is, was- uh, like, and I blame less Depp in this than I do Burton. I think Burton doesn't know what to do with him because a lot of times he struggles in the Tim Burton movies. Um, Which is weird because yeah, he's in like I, every single Tim Burton movie. I know. And that it, what's also funny is he does the same kind of like um, almost queer coded kind of character where he's like. I was going to say kookiness. Little... Like it was really yeah, giving Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah, that's what I it's like a campiness to him. Um, it, there was a couple lines that he would say that almost felt exactly the same as his Willy Wonka. Um, which is mm. very weird when like there was one spot where he was like talking and he popped up behind, behind a guy's shoulder. And I was like, this is Willy Wonka just <laughs> showed up in this movie, which if there is a movie that connects Ichabod Crane to Willy Wonka would watch it where after the headless horseman, he decides to start murdering children. Great into it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, I, I think this was a really interesting addition to the folklore because originally we were just going to do, the two seventies, which were very close um, in style. Um, But yeah, I like doing something completely different. I think it was fun that we did English folklore and then also American folklore. We should Mm -hmm. branch out and do more stuff eventually. I was going to branch out, but the thing is the only on the podcast one day. What? What were you (laughs) Ansel and Gretel, witch hunters, Gemma Arterton and Jeremy Renner. It's so good. (laughs) It's so So funny. Um, I don't think I've seen it. I have seen. Um, it's bad, but I, I always know. It. It. It's so good. I always mix it up. I watched up it with... five times in theaters when it came out. <laughs> I was in high school. I, I had a lot of free time. <laughs> I mix it up with um, uh, Brothers Grimm, <laughs> mm, <laughs> which has valid. the same like vibe. I just think it's like that's from my generation more than um, even though we're the same generation. I guess my specific like age group. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fun to go into these folklore. I was trying to look at non-American folklore, but the thing is, with a lot of those, either they are very slow or they are very very scary. And Alina won't allow scary faces. So, and a lot of it's not that I won't uh, allow it; it's that I'll be unhappy about it. <laughs> a lot of like Asian folklore. I was like, mm, nope, scary face there, scary face there. <laughs> There's this one poster on the Letterbox Top 250 that I think is like, I don't know what kind of Asian horror it is, probably Japanese or something. I don't like it. It's like so scary. The guy's face is it? like painted with all the, I don't know. I think it starts with a K. I don't know. Oh, I, God. I, I, that I, movie is so goddamn boring. I had that in my folklore really? for last year, actually. Um, yes. I know what you're talking about. Quiet, quiet, Quinn. Uh, yeah i don't it's the yes. poster scared it's me. like three and Honestly, a half the poster hours for the wicker and... man kind of scared me so maybe it's not that bad um yeah no it's it's so slow i mean you could definitely handle it but it's just painfully slow okay. um, noted that's my, that's my truth so it's on the letterbox <laughs> 250 because they're all just like long painfully slow except for like 10 percent of them Mm-hmm. yes um it is definitely one of those yeah that's the thing um 
horror comedy children's films um, seem to be like people will be like, it's my favorite movie of all time, two stars. And you're like, but, but why? And then flip side, if it's boring, they're like, was boring, hated every second of it, 4.5. <laughs> I'm really, <laughs> I just, I don't get you. It's people with the Turin horse. Yes. Why the fuck is that so high on top of women directors? It pisses me off. So funny. <laughs> well, that's going to do, I guess, this week for our road to Halloween. Paul, do you want to preview what we're doing next week for the people? Yes, we are doing uh, Animal Attacks, and we will be discussing um, Roar. We will be discussing Arachnophobia, and we will be discussing Brotherhood of the Wolf. Um which are three pretty different films. I think it'll be pretty fun to discuss. Well, if you want to listen to that, you can check out our episode next week. Sticking with the horror theme, Paul, me and you got to see you and I. I don't know how you fuck. I don't care. Um, we got to see Barbarian <laughs> early, which is a horror film coming out this week. Um, I guess I can introduce it because I saw it first during the Comic-Con screening and I had no idea <laughs> what this movie was. Um <laughs> I like how you had to preface. I thought first. I did. I got to see it in July. Um, <laughs> the basic premise is that this girl, and I'm going to try my best to be to be spoiler-free here, though it's a movie that's exceptionally hard to be spoiler-free about. But this girl goes to this Airbnb in Detroit, I believe it is. And it's like in this rough part of the neighborhood. Like there's this one house that's really nice and she has her Airbnb, but there's a guy there. It double booked. So they decided to share the Airbnb. But all of a sudden, like creepy stuff starts happening. She makes her way into the basement where she finds this hidden door and it goes down deep into the earth. And that's all I'm going to say about the plot. But it's a lot. It's a lot more than that. Um, And I loved this film i really thought i was gonna be like oh i hate it whatever it's fine or average but this film is first incredibly scary like alina i know you saw the trailer you haven't seen the entire film but you're like oh when she's going down to the basement i'm screaming at the screen like it's terrifying yes it is and there's some good jump scares in this but then it turns into being like one of the funniest horror comedies of the year. Not to get into it fully, but like how they play around with some expectations and how they keep ramping it up, leading to one specific scene towards the end, which I audibly like lost my shit and started laughing out loud towards. It's so fun. See this opening weekend packed theater bring your friends have like a tub of popcorn and you will have like a great time truly i think this is one of the most fun experiences i've had in a theater since like the pandemic i think it was fantastic uh paul i believe you also enjoyed it yeah no i did um i'm not going to say anything um i had a great time with it i took one of my friends who doesn't like horror i twisted her arm until she went um, she had a great time. So if you're even someone who's like not super into horror, um, definitely a good uh, intro. No, it's more like a roller coaster than like an actual like horror film where there's like a creeping dread that's like very much scare. OK, OK, scare. OK, like it's nice. Um, it, I don't think it ever gets uh, too, too intense. But yeah, love this film. Um, super fun. I am very curious to see if it holds up a second time. But the first time was so much fun. Uh, and moving on to the film with the exact same plot. <laughs> 
yeah. love it, love in the villa. Yeah, wild. So you guys didn't watched- tell me you were gonna watch Love in the Villa, and then I found out you guys are watching it, and then I didn't have time to fit it in my schedule, and I'm mad at you. Oh both. no! <laughs> oh no! It's the worst movie I've it's ever terrible. seen. Listen, <laughs> it's one of those garbage movies that you watch with your friends and get wine drunk. Oh, you would have loved it. Okay. Fair. I know. That's why I'm mad at you guys. You didn't tell we me you were doing it. All of a sudden, it's you guys were schedule. just. <laughs> it was not. Because <laughs> I said it after. It was not on so, my to-do uh, list for the week. For, I wasn't listening uh, then. For fans of the podcast, um, we skipped over Purple Hearts because Carson said that there was no reason to talk about it. And then it became Netflix's like number one film ever. Um, and so we were like, no more. If we think it looks like trash, it's going to do well. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love in the Villa showed up, and against our better judgment, we watched it. It's so weird when watching this movie, though, that it starts the exact same as Barbarian. It's the exact <laughs> like, same, it's like the exact same plot, even like down to the characters kind of being like almost ciphers of each other. <laughs> it was like, wait there's the like nerdy like cool artsy guy and then there's like the stuck up girl it was so odd um and i think it'll be really funny next weekend when people have watched love in the villa and then go see the barbarian um but yeah no um the interesting thing about this film is both the leads are psychopaths (laughs) like attempted murder um, So the film opens and she goes on this trip. Oh, by the way, there's a huge, long, completely unnecessary opening with her and her like gay best friend talking about like her giant snake, which never comes up again. Like it's referenced a few times, but like it never matters to the plot. It was just like, I don't know. She's a fucking weirdo. Give her a snake, Um, which really sets you up for she walks in (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She Just is like me. A teacher with a ball <laughs> python? I was like, oh my god. It's, who's like into Shakespeare? Me. I felt seen, guys. Yeah. The film starts the film starts with her telling third, uh, third graders the plot of Romeo and Juliet and is mad when they don't understand the concept. <laughs> guys, I've been seen twice on the big screen. Call me by your name and love in the villa. This was like, <laughs> oh God. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so she goes to this villa, which is not a villa. It is an apartment. <laughs> love and the apartment (laughs) um and they keep calling it a villa the whole film and i'm like there is nothing about this small one bedroom apartment (laughs) that is a villa which i'm gonna start doing now and be like oh you should come over to my villa be my just my (laughs) guys we're gonna go hang out at paul's villa when we go to afi fest it's awesome (laughs) um so she double it's double booked because in a great really accurate way of explaining Italians um his wife runs one website and his girlfriend runs the other and they double book because they don't know that the other exists um, and it just uh causes them to be stuck in the hotel together and the weirdest part is like um mentioning barbarian there's like definitely in barbarian there's like attempts to fix the problem um, whereas in this one, they're like, no, we're just going to live together. Um, you're going to stay on the couch and I'm going to stay in my room. 
And then they start this like kind of war of the roses situation where they're just trying to ruin each other's lives. And none of it is funny. And all of it is mean. There's one point where the guy's allergic to um, cats and she releases a bunch of cats and covers them in olives because cats like olives or something. And tries to murder him. Um, And it's supposed to be cute. Also, the weirdest part is the the twist from the enemies to lovers aspect. Literally, I did not notice it had happened Um, because they hated each other, hated each other. And then they like are done with each other. And they're like, oh, I love you. Um, Needless to say, I think this is one of those films that like um, (laughs) you can watch and you're like, this couple does not last. I, I don't think I've seen a romance movie more where I'm like, they are done in a week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I said you would love this, Lena, but particularly I would say like you would love this because no offense, sometimes things are bad and you enjoy them. I would not say for most people, <laughs> this okay. is even one of okay, Wait. There is a Netflix movie called Falling in Love, like I-N-N, and I watched it with my friend, like, when we lived together, and Love in the Villa is giving me similar vibes to Falling in I Love. I believe it. Because in falling. falling in Love, Falling in I-N-N, like, she went, because, like, she's a San Francisco executive, and then she wins in, an inn in New Zealand, and then she moves to New Zealand and remodels the inn, and then she falls in love with the hot Kiwi guy. Who's Isn't the there a goat in that everything. that, like, terrorizes her? I think so. I don't know. Uh, Gwen and I loved that movie, yeah. so Gwen and you I know what that reminds me of, Alina? Uh, the, the one we watched for the uh, the Christmas special with oh, maddie the, yeah the christmas <laughs> castle one with oh Ellis a castle for christmas a castle it. for christmas yes <laughs> i love these whole building falling in love rom-coms they're so bad but see i loved a castle for christmas yeah. i mean like un ironically but like this was like legitimately yeah. like one of the worst films i've ever seen the thing is it's two hours um, long like it. i think we need to really be clear it here it is so long <laughs> and like dull and sexless like it's just not it like there is yeah. that charm that those other films have sure this does not carry that i do not think this is like for me me and my friends would get wine drunk to this but alina you genuinely might which is not a dig at you but like I'm just not going to specify. <laughs> this is not a dig at you. It's the worst film I've ever seen. I think Listen, you love it. I'm <laughs> telling you, Carson, you need to watch dog. Falling in Love. Yeah. You need to watch Falling in Love. I, I mean, it's so, so good. We'll find some series to put it in, right? I, I would say we could probably do a Road to Halloween. There's nothing scarier than a Netflix rom-com. Um, <laughs> yes. So I don't know. I think that was Love in the Villa. I would not recommend it. It was not worth the time to watch it for this podcast but like it's definitely there hopefully it blows up and then this does it get definitely numbers. was a movie i have watched i was hung over when i was watching it and i was like yeah this is the perfect movie for that yeah like i could fall asleep and it'd be fine. did you do it at one or did you turn the speed up i turned it at 1.5 i'll fully admit oh no i watched it i watched it wow totally normal what a trooper um <laughs> yeah i will say if you're gonna watch I think purple I hearts award for that Purple Hearts, I would recommend you watch at 1.5, not just because it's terrible, because it turns into the funniest fucking film at 1.5 with how awkward it is. Um, uh, 
<laughs> it's so funny. People talking about Purple Hearts. Every single fucking person, every reviewer, everything. I've been watching so many much content about Purple Hearts. Every single person goes, and you know, the lead actor who... It's a little fruity. <laughs> it's just like every single time. And they're like, and that's not a thing because like he's played a gay act character before. And then he's playing in red, white, uh, red, white, and royal blue. Um, like he has like a whole, you know, that's kind of his genre. And so to see him playing like a conservative Trump supporter is apparently very jarring. I mean, Carson, you watched <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, it is <laughs> when he's like, oh, you dumb liberal. Like, yeah, it's a bit weird. <laughs> it's camp. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would recommend you watch Purple Hearts over I uh, Love in the Villa. It's more funny, but um, neither are good. Oh my God. Netflix really so did good. not deliver with these ones. Um, let's end this off by going from the big screen to the small screen. Guys, we got the first two episodes of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Super expensive, a lot of eyes on this, um, and I don't think it really delivered for any of us. Uh, Alina, would you like to start things off for Lord of the Rings? Sure. So I never watched Lord of the Rings growing up. It was like one of the like franchises that escaped me as a youth. Uh, I watched it for the first time when I was 15. I was over at my friend's house, and she was really into Lord of the, Lord of the Rings, specifically Legolas. And she was like, bitch, you love Star Wars. You love all this garbage. You need to watch Lord of the Rings. I sat down and watched it with her, and it fucking changed my life, The Fellowship of the Ring. Then I immediately went out and bought the extended editions on, like, Blu-ray or whatever. And then I have enjoyed Lord of the Rings ever since. I've read The Hobbit. I read The Lord of the Rings books. I did not read The Cimmerillion and all that other shit. That's too much for me. But I would consider myself a Lord of the Rings fan. And I was looking forward to The Rings of Power. And yeah, it is like one of the most disappointing things like ever. And I think House of the Dragon coming back around the same time is really, really hurting it. Because House of the Dragon is a very good prequel to this fantasy world uh, that has actually made me care about the characters three episodes in. Like, I didn't know who any of these Targaryens were before, but now I like all of these people. And then the Rings of Power is not doing that. Everybody is ugly. Why are all the elves ugly? I don't care about any of these people. Galadriel's boring. Uh, I don't know who the Harfoots are. There's the the dwarves were kind of fun in the second episode. That was the only time I was having like a mildly good time. But other than that, boring. The only recognizable character is Elrond, and he doesn't feel like Elrond. Actually, and Gladriel. She's I forgot about her. See, because she's yeah, so boring. And- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I'm like really disappointed with these because it is so pretty. And you know what's so funny is like when you go look at the people who are like super into this show, um, when you go look at fans of, say, House of the Dragon or anything like that, they're talking about moments, they're talking about characters. Every single person talking about this movie is like, look how pretty it is. And it's like, yes, but pretty is very easy to do if you have a lot of money. Like, that's not a hard thing to do. There are gorgeous shots in this. Some of the design is fantastic. Um, I feel like nothing is happening. Um, and also like the opening, the first like 10 minutes of the show is brutal. 
it starts with a kid getting a lesson, which is like the worst way to start a show. A show, not just an episode, the show. Um, And then it goes into explaining basically, so like, you know, you didn't, you mentioned you didn't read The Cimmerillion. I read some of The Cimmerillion. And the thing about The Cimmerillion is it's interesting enough, but it does feel like, you know, the B side of like the Lord of the Rings series. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's really, it's real rough to uh, go into that world and be like, oh, okay. So there, there was, there was a different Sauron and he's been taken down, but his Lieutenant Sauron is maybe still around, but possibly dead. And we know he's still around because we know the basics of Lord of the Rings. Um, I cannot imagine. I was trying to think, is that possible that you could watch this show without having watched the Lord of the Rings movies or be very familiar with the world. And it's like, I don't think so. I do not think you would understand what the hell was going on in the show. Um, and not in a good way. Flip side house of the dragon. I fully believe you could, um, which is uh, disappointing because I, I did want to like this and maybe, uh, you know, season two or whatever of the show, which it'll definitely get a season two, um, this is supposed to be they'll... five seasons. Oh, that's what they said. I'm I'm I might be remembering it wrong, but I'm like eighty percent sure. No, I believe sure that. I think it's supposed correct. to be five seasons. Yeah, <sighs> I know. Well, and they can't touch Lord <laughs> of the Rings, which is the wildest part. I promise you, I will not be making it to episode five, much less season five. <laughs> um, to back up your theory, Paul, I have seen Lord of the Rings. Never watched it growing up. Haven't read any of these books. Not really. I don't engage with Lord of the Rings, but I've seen them. I watched The Hobbit for the first time earlier this year. I would not consider myself Lord of the Rings fan, though. Like I don't hate them like I do most of Star Wars. Um, this was like beyond, and I, I was also high for this. I'll just be fully adamant there. So I was really like bored and distracted, and just this series, this show, Episode One did nothing for me i was immediately lost immediately i do not care about any of these characters and then like none of the deep plot engaged me like nothing was that interesting it didn't really make a lot of sense you have this symbol on the brother and then it's on this table and then like there's a bunch of politics of like do we follow it or do we not and then like the big monster appears that like looks fine, I guess, but it's not like an interesting design. I don't know. There was just nothing here that was like, as someone who's not a fan of Lord of the Rings, made me really hyped. Maybe if you like love it, I may this world would work for you. I don't know. But um, yeah, I would agree. It was not my thing. I saw this one tweet that made me laugh from this person named Brandy Jensen, and they said elves are supposed to be the fairest creatures in Middle Earth, but so many of them in the new Lord of the Rings show are just some guy levels of physical beauty. They got elves that look like they're called Daryl, and that's true. These are some Daryl-looking motherfuckers. Listen, (laughs) what is with it? Stop casting ugly people in shows. It upsets me. I can't do it. There's one hot elf, and... It's not enough. Make Middle Earth hot again. Hot again. Exactly. Period. <laughs> well, oh god. I think that's gonna do it this week for the pod. Um, where can we find everyone on social media, Alina? I am at Alina Folds on Twitter, Letterbox, and sometimes Instagram. Paul. At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. <laughs> 
And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterbox just Carson Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at clapperpodcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as $1 a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, we have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.